going to be speaking on something that's very, very close to my heart tonight. Can you all guess what it's going to be? It's not chocolate. <laughs> but yes, it is worship. It's, um, it's one of my favourite things to do. Um, for some reason, Jesus decided to give me a heart for worship. Um, when I was seven years old, I don't even know why. I turned to mum and I said, I want to sing, mum. <laughs> and mum was like, oh, okay. Well, we'll get you involved in like the young adults youth band um, that was around at that time. Way, way, way back in the day, <laughs> 1997. Rock, yes. Griffith Young People Reaching Out for Christ. It was fantastic. Um, it was a really great training ground. It's a shame we don't have anything like it anymore because it was just unity in the church bodies all throughout Griffith. It was fantastic. Yeah. I don't know why I decided to mention that. That wasn't really part of the plan. But anyways, thanks, Lord. Um, yeah, so my training ground was that um, I was shown a lot of grace because who knows how good of a singer I was at seven years old, to be quite honest. Um, I got a lot of encouragement, learnt how um, to be a part of a team, to back up um, from a very young age. Um, I had a bit of harmony training from Reese Callanan, which was interesting. <laughs> and, yeah, I got the opportunity to lead, but I t- decided not to take it. Um, the worship leader of the band, Tim Moses of the time, he's like, do you want to lead a song, Han? And I was like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm happy in the background, which was really, it was good. I was happy to stay in the background. And... I don't, I don't know, I just didn't feel like it was the time to step up into leadership until I came, well, to Life Source, really. I did a little bit of it at Grace and that was another training ground and learnt a lot. And, yeah, I'm really enjoying being a big part of Wildfire. It's great um, leading and teaching you guys how to be in fellowship with one another in a band. And it's great. I love worship leading. It's fantastic. Um, But yes, I'm going to be speaking about the wonders of worship tonight. Now, uh, one thing that really interests me about people is I like, when I lead on Sunday mornings, I like watching the door (laughs) to see who sneaks in like halfway through the set or even after the worship is over. And that's something that personally grieves me because I have a heart for worship. I'm like, I can't understand why people don't want to be a part of it on a Sunday morning. Like, do you not understand what goes on when you're in worship in a corporate body? People just don't seem to get it. It really, but that's not my problem. (laughs) I choose not to take that on board. But it's something that is just, I really, really enjoy being in worship. And there are so many different facets of worship that, we don't really understand and take a hold of. There is so many different purposes to it. It's not only for our personal, um, like our secret place, our refreshment, but it's also edifying for the body and it's also... It's, it's got a, a warfare aspect to it and Jesus can do so many powerful things when we enter into the throne room in worship. So I'm going to speak on a couple of things of that tonight um, and yeah, hopefully it, it all pans out all right. So the purpose of worship, um, yeah, it's really not just about singing, it's about 
connecting your heart with the Father's heart and drawing closer to Jesus. And there's nothing, I, I feel like sometimes there's just nothing more powerful than being in a worship setting. It's it's so awesome to stand here and lift up the name of Jesus. And I love it how it says in, in it, it speaks about it in Revelation, how all the the hosts, the heavenly hosts come together and, and glorify the name of God. Um, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And it's a constant, it's a constant worship setting. And to be bringing that, onto earth, you know, being in a state of constant worship is a battle. It's really, really difficult. Um, we've got to make a choice to to enter into that and I fight for it. I really do. I've been getting up really early every morning um, over the last couple of weeks to fight for that, fight for that set, like that worship, drawing in closer to the Lord because we allow our distractions to get in our way. And that's the worst part about living life. It, everything just, you know, it takes me an hour to get ready for work. It used to take me 15 minutes. Now it takes me an hour. And that gets in the way of worship time. So I've got to make the sacrifice to get up earlier. But there's, yes, there's something that I feel like we miss if we don't enter into worship. Um, the first point I want to speak on is in Corinthians and it's about worship building up the church and and what it can draw out of the church body when we enter into corporate worship together. There's something really awesome about standing beside somebody who wants to dig into the throne room as much as you do. Like spiritually wise... I feel like I can kind of draw from somebody else when they are, yes, let's go in, let's dig in, let's go deeper. When I'm standing like in amongst people that want to do that, it pushes me to want to go deeper. It's like a connection. It's awesome. It's like Holy Spirit, like a Holy Spirit rope connection between our hearts and it just draws us in deeper and I really, really love that. And... So many awesome things come out of worship when we come together in the body. First um, Corinthians in chapter 14, it speaks about a few things that happens. Um, where are we going? From verse 26. So if you've got your Bibles, if you would like to follow. First Corinthians 14, 26 to 33. Or you can just listen to me speak. I'll probably lose my voice soon. <laughs> Okay, what shall we say then, brothers? When you come together, everyone has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. All of these must be done for the strengthening of the church. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two or at the most three should speak, one at a time and someone must interpret. If there is no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and God. Two or three prophets should speak and the others should weigh carefully what is said. And if a revelation comes to someone who is sitting down, the first speaker should stop. For you can all prophesy in turn so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. 
The spirits of prophets are subject to the control of prophets. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. When I read that initially, I was like, wow, I can really relate. I, I'm finding in the mornings in my personal worship time, and I'm just I'm going to give you guys this example because this is how I relate to people when they give their own examples. So in the mornings when I get up, at a silly time, like 5.30, quarter to 6, 6 o'clock. And I wonder why I'm tired. <laughs> um, I'm finding worship time, it's not just about singing. It's not just about putting on my worship music and soaking in the presence of the Lord. I'm actually getting drawn into the goodness of the Word, which if you know me, <laughs> this is not my strong suit at all. <laughs> I, I know I know the word, but I don't I'm not like my awesome friend Cesar who enjoys reading it often. I used to really not enjoy reading the Bible. It used to be a massive chore. But in entering into a state of worship, it's actually drawing me into this goodness. I love that. I love that so much. Because it's changing my way of thinking. Mind renewal. <laughs> funny, funny. Um, <laughs> yes, so it's it's wonderful. It's drawing out the gifts. So I guarantee you if I didn't enter into worship, I wouldn't be able to stand in front of you guys with pretty much no nerves and be able to speak to you on worship. Like it just wouldn't happen. I really love how on a Sunday morning during worship, Holy Spirit moves and the gifts start coming out. So we'll be getting, we've been getting a lot of words of tongues lately and interpretations and that's fantastic. And that's all because we are drawing into the throne room of God via worship and connecting directly to his heart and he's like oh well you've met me here I'm just gonna throw a little something your way and it's awesome I love it I actually got an interpretation yesterday which I've been kind of wanting for a little while asking <laughs> hopefully I did all right I don't know it's not up to me anyways it's fantastic to see the way that worship draws the body together and builds up the church. It it sets the foundation for Holy Spirit to do his thing because we are surrendering ourselves unto him. And spontaneous worship is kind of really cool. It's something that we need to do a lot more often. Um, all of these gifts are just, it just, I feel worship is like the beginning of it and it's amazing. Um there's also a little bit just before in 1 Corinthians that is something very important that I find people, I find is really important for us to remember. Um, in, in chapter 14 from verse 15b, Paul says, I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my mind. If you are praising God with your spirit, how can one who finds himself among those who do not understand say amen to your thanksgiving 
since he does not know what you're saying. You may be giving thanks well enough, but the other man is not edified. In saying that, it is so important in corporate worship for you to actually outwork that worship. So not just stand there with your eyes closed and like pray inwardly or sing inwardly because, yeah, that's great for you, but corporate worship is not just for us personally, it's for every other person. Paul makes a valid point. Who who knows if you're standing next to somebody and they're just standing there, like you don't know what's going on in them. And it can be quite, come on, guys, like let's enter into worship. So... There's an importance to worshipping out loud. I love it when I'm standing up on stage and I can hear you guys connecting and making noise because I'm like, hey, I've done my job. Like they're getting it. They're hitting the heart of God. They're hitting what I've been put up here to draw them into. It will help draw you guys into. And... Out loud is amazing. There's there's so much that we've got to do in the not just in the spirit in the spiritual but in the physical as well. And when I say out loud in worship, I really also love how tonight, Mum, you brought your ribbons and your banners and you danced. Because worship is not just like I said before, not just about singing. In your dancing, that is worship. And that's a physical worship. And that draws us into and connects us to the heart. You have the ability to break in the spiritual realm things that we have no idea. It's amazing. Worship is so cool. I don't understand how people just don't love doing it all the time. Sorry, I'm a bit passionate about this subject. I hope I'm making sense. Yeah, okay, wonderful. Okay, worship also brings forth an understanding of who we are in Christ and where we stand with him and what we can do. The next scripture I'm going to go to is from one of the greatest worshippers in the Bible. I don't know if you know who I'm talking about, but his name's David. Do you guys know who I'm talking about? Yep, that's good. Okay, so David, I'm going to read a full psalm to you guys because there is just so much in this psalm and I feel like he he hits every different layer of what worship can do, every single level. It's it's great. It's um, Psalm 27 and I will just, oh yeah, I'll read it out. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. So in the first three verses, 
that's boldness and confidence in the spirit. Now, this is a psalm, so when he wrote it, he put music to it. (laughs) But I don't have music to it, so we'll just pretend. I love it how in his personal worship, he's drawing from the heart of God and being bold. Because in his day, (laughs) I wouldn't have liked to live in his day. As king, he had to fight multiple armies. And as a person, standing there and knowing the responsibility that he has for his his nation, his family, his friends, his people, standing there and needing to draw that confidence to step out into the battlefield. How can you do it without God and without entering into worship beforehand? I have no idea. I don't think it's overly possible, which is why David was so successful. I love that. From verse 4, here is another point. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all of the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and set me high upon a rock. That's another aspect of worship right there. He's specifically asking the Lord that he can dwell in a state of worship all of his earthly days. Well, that's what I read from it anyway. I, that's something to aspire to, to push in for that every day, the state of worship, that connection with Jesus every single day. I'd love to be able to get to that point. Intimacy, it comes with intimacy. So he's drawing hunger from worship because once you get a taste for true kingdom worship, I don't think you're ever the same and you just want to do it all the time. It's wonderful. Verse 6, Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his tabernacle will I sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Worship. Hear my voice when I call, O Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, O God, my Saviour. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Worship has a, an ability to restore us when we come to a place of of needing to be reprimanded in a way, in a gentle way. When we've messed up and done something wrong, entering into worship flat on your face, surrendering before God is just so, I shouldn't say just, is so powerful. And it's, 
I love it how how David's included this in here. It's seek his face. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. It's almost like a pleading like, Lord, I'm here. I'm repenting. Forgive me. A state of surrender in worship. That's another aspect to it. It's and it's 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 got restorative purposes. It's wonderful. I've been through that in the last couple of days. And I didn't think I would be okay because the burden of of knowing what I've done that wasn't quite right was almost so overwhelming until I got in his face in worship and he was like, I'm just going to take this off you now because you met me where you, <laughs> I can take it off you. Oh, it, it's wonderful. Teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witness witnesses rise up against me, breathing out violence. I am still confident of this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. He touches a little bit on, do not turn me over to the desire of my foes and lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. It's easy to hear the voice of the Lord when you enter into worship. It's easy to recognise what his voice sounds like and what he wants you to do and to listen and do what he tells you to do when you're in a state of worship. I will see the goodness of the Lord. Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. That is good. David, you're awesome. That brings me to my next my next point. In worship, we allow Jesus to take control over our situations and for him to do his work. It's almost as if we're giving him permission. It's not almost as if. It is. We are giving him permission when we enter into worship. We give him permission to have his way in our life. We give him permission to use us. Um, I most of you might know I delve into a, um, a bit of intercessory prayer and I'll, I've made it a habit before I start, I delve into a, a time of worship um, with worship music and, and soaking and and that in that it's I'm able to easy easily lead into intercession. So we've got the warfare aspect in worship because you know what Satan hates it when we sing the name of Jesus and we lift his praises up high we actually get in his way when we come together like tonight we get in his way and he hates it we have the power to break chains in Jesus name when we worship together as a congregation I know because it's happened. <laughs> a couple of Sundays ago, I led worship 
on a Sunday morning. And it was, it was a bit different this time. Um, I'm not entirely sure how it got to that point because <laughs> I don't really – I just kind of let um, the Holy Spirit take over sometimes. And I know stuff's going on but I'm very focused on hearing the heart of the Lord. I don't – I'm not aware of what is happening. And I just knew that something big was happening and afterwards – like there was so many people, like Steve took over and there was so many people on their knees and he, Steve just took it further. It was awesome. And Jamie said to me after, do you know what you did, Hannah, on that, like during that worship session? And I was like, no, I have no idea. I know something happened, but I have no idea what because sometimes I don't think it's for the worship leader to know. We're just to do um, and hear afterwards. Just be willing to be used. It's wonderful. And Jamie was like, well, you actually led the entire congregation into intercession for the town. And I was like, oh, did I? (laughs) That's great. (laughs) I wasn't – and I I hope this isn't a bad thing that I wasn't really – didn't really know. But to have it confirmed and and told afterwards, it's it's really quite encouraging. But worship is – the stepping stone into warfare. Many, many times I've been drawn into spiritual warfare whilst being in the congregation and it's such a powerful thing because it allows us to break and Jesus to break the plans of the enemy (laughs) in such a powerful way that we can't even comprehend. One day we'll figure it, we'll find out how. But... This um, In this part, I'm not going to read a scripture. I'm actually going to use a tool. I'm, I'm very thankful for my parents and my upbringing because my father has loves worship and in that he has an amazing taste in music. And I'm going to have a song play about a story about what worship can do in the battlefield. Cesar, this, this story comes from Second Chronicles and it's also in Kings but it's more in Second Chronicles. Chapter 20 verses 1 to 30 and I'm going to let the song explain what worship can do. When Cesar plays it. This is Don Francisco. A long, long time ago When the children of Judah All worshipped the Lord From the high on down to the low Judah was a wealthy kingdom Everybody's children were fed Because Jehoshaphat studied the word of the Lord Did everything he said But out of the east came an army one day After Jehoshaphat's gold Marching right straight to Jerusalem Jehoshaphat soon was told So he called all the people together Everybody fasted and prayed The Lord God answered the people And he said there's no need For you to be afraid Because the battle is mine tomorrow It's not yours and it's not the king's And all you gotta do is just stand and watch To see the salvation I bring Just believe me what I've told you Exactly what I'm gonna do. 
go out tomorrow again soon Because the Lord's gonna fight for you Great jumping Jehoshaphat The army rose early next morning Marched on out with the king Jehoshaphat chose some singers He told those singers to sing And they praised the beauty of holiness Instead of shouting out a battle cry And all the way down to the enemy's camp They sang to the Lord on high They were singing Mercy endures forever and ever. Praise ye the Lord, for his mercy endures forever and ever. Praise ye the Lord, for his mercy endures forever and ever. Praise ye the Lord our God, his mercy will never end. The Lord God set up an ambush, he got the enemy all turned around, and they started into killing each other, you know, till they all laid dead on the ground. listening to that music it's it's really awesome um so pretty much as you heard in the song you know worship allows God to do his work it's fantastic we don't need to go in guns blazing sometimes it's all a matter of singing or worshiping his name and that's so powerful in that um I've got a little bit in Matthew to read. A scripture in Matthew. Chapter 18, verse 18 to 19. Um, I tell you the truth, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. In corporate worship, we are standing together, unified, 
asking Jesus to do his will. And he said, where there's two or three that come together in my name, there I am with them and I will do what they ask. How cool is that? So standing together in worship on a Sunday morning, we're asking Jesus, oh, hey, we agree with what you want to do, whatever it is it may be. Sometimes we know, sometimes we don't. Do what you may. And he does it. It's fantastic. One thing about this scripture, though, is important to remember is what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. In worship, we are loosing Holy Spirit power onto the earth. So we're loosing it in heaven too. Oh, we're loosing it in heaven so it's loosed in earth. It's, it goes both ways. But that's really That's really awesome. Standing and singing about the glory of God. We're loosing that on earth. <laughs> it's really important the also the songs that we choose to sing and the words that we choose to use when we are in worship. Because what we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Our words are so powerful. I really like what Rod's doing at the moment with the worship team. He's selected a list of songs on purpose that line up doctrinally with what we believe to be true and that line up with the word of God. Because if we're standing there singing something that's not quite right, that's what we're loosing out into the atmosphere. And that's not, it's not something we really want to do. Uh, so it's important to sing and speak in worship the word of God. I love that David, all of his psalms are songs. One thing I would really like to get better at is playing guitar so I can just pick it up, chuck on a couple of chords that I know and sing psalms because that's scriptural, scriptural worship and that's powerful. And it's the same for, well, there's so many prayers in this in this Bible and putting them to music. Oh, that would be so powerful. <laughs> I might do that one day. <laughs> Maybe I should write one. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, I think I'm going to wrap it up now. Wow, I've spoken a little while. I think it's something that we need to take and run crazy wild with Um how powerful it would be and it can be when Christ's body grasps what worship can actually do. And that's something that we should all work on, I think, personally, but also as a church, is understanding 
the nature of worship, the wonders of worship and what Jesus actually wants us to do with our worship. It's great. There's one more verse that I'm going to finish it up on that I'm just going to leave hanging over your heads for you to ponder over. It's in John chapter 4, verse 23 to 24. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. He is looking for true worshippers. It's a cry of his heart that he is looking for true worshippers and you know what, he's going to find them because I don't know about you but I would love to be a true worshipper and to worship him in spirit and in truth. You know, I think I do that already. But he's looking for worshippers to do his work. I hope that sits well with you guys. You should totally get in his face more. I know I need to. You know, yes, I've got a heart for worship, but it doesn't necessarily mean I'm perfect at it. (laughs) I allow distractions. But he's looking for worshippers. And when we understand and acknowledge what what true spirit truthful worship can do oh <laughs> watch out <laughs> it's going to be great